Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're studying the Gospel of John. Today is episode 159. We're looking at John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Let's read the passage. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another, just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, and that your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. Well, this is continuing the the discussion that Jesus is having with them at the Mount of Olives. They've left the scene of the Last Supper. They've moved out to the the Mount of Olives, and Jesus is, is giving them further teaching about what things are going to be like after he leaves. So he begins here in verse 9. He says, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Then he says, Remain in my love. So the question would be, what is it we have to do to remain in his love? The answer is that in verse 10. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So this relationship between he and the father and us and him are so closely aligned. You have father, son, and us. The father loves the son. The son loves us. We obey the son and the son obeys the father. He uses his relationship with his father and says that should be the way the relationship is between us and him. So he's talking about the love and then the challenge is to remain in that love. It sounds like there's something we have to do then to maintain our salvation, so to speak. He says, okay, here's what it looks like. You keep my commands. That's how you remain in my love. And we say, well, gosh, that sounds like a a works salvation. Well, it's not based on a scorekeeping. It's based on attitude. Because what has he said all along, time and time again? What does loving me look like? It looks like keeping my commands. It looks like doing what I've told you to do. That's what loving me looks like. That's how you remain in my love. Then he says in verse 11, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So this idea of uh, remaining in his love, obeying his commands, it sounds very onerous, very... uh, Gosh, it's just we got to work, 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 work in order to maintain our position in Christ. We say, no, this, this is joy. And he likens this to his joy. Now, remember, everything was patterned after his relationship with the Father. The Father loves him. He obeys the Father. He loves us. We obey him. And his joy is, what is his joy? His joy is his relationship with the Father. Jesus experiences joy by the fact that his life is is fruitful. He's got a mission that he's accomplishing. His joy is in that 
He is loved by the Father, and he loves the Father. And there is joy in obedience to the Father. And he wants that same thing for us, because he says, so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. So we can experience joy the same way. The joy of a fruitful life, a life with purpose. The joy of loving Jesus and being loved by Jesus. And the joy of obedience to Jesus. So the very same thing, give him joy, can give us joy. In verse 12, he says, this is my command. Now, he's further answering some of the questions that may arise. He says, here's how you remain. He says, remain in my love. And here's how you remain in my love. Keep my commands, just like I've kept my father's commands. Then down in verse 12, he says, this is my command. So what is it he's told us to do? Love one another as I have loved you. We've seen this before. He brought this up in chapter 13 where he says, A new command I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. This is how the world will know you're my disciples, that you love one another. So this is a big deal, this love one another. This is the central command. So how do we remain in Jesus' love? By obeying his commands. And what is the command? Love one another. So our relationship with Christ is closely related to our relationship with one another. And just let that sink in for a second. You cannot love Jesus without loving the people that Jesus loves. You cannot love the Father without loving the people that the Father has adopted. Our love for God is so tightly related to our love for one another. If we're dismissive of one another, mean to one another, that, that speaks more of our relationship with God than it does our relationship with one another. Then he amplifies it any, any further. You want to know what love looks like? He answers that in verse 13. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. So this is the example of supreme love. It, this, that love is ultimately displayed by the willingness to lay down life for friends. And that's what Jesus is about to do on the cross. He is going to lay down his life for his friends. And then verse 14 says, you are my friends. It qualifies that. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Again, that sounds, oh, this, this is works-based. No, no, this, he said all along, what is the proof of your love for me? That you follow my example. You obey my commands. You follow my instructions. You do what I told you to do. That's the proof that you really love me. And those are the people that are my friends. In verse 15, he says, I did not call you servants anymore. Now, he, he, pause here. He really hasn't called them servants, but the way he speaks to them kind of implies that uh, as he refers to himself as their master. But he says, I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. A servant doesn't understand the master's business. The servant does just what he's told. The servant does his job. The servant does the tasks he's giving. What the master's up to, what the master's plan is, what the master's strategy is, he has no idea and it is none of his business. He says, I have called you friends because I've made known to you everything I've heard from my father. So we have been brought in. We have been brought into the 
the plan, the strategy, the the importance of what's going on. We're not just given a task, do this. We're told why. We're told what's going on. We're told um, secrets and mysteries uh, as to what is going on. So we've moved beyond servants to, he uses the, the term friends, but you could also even use the term family because as we step back and get the bigger picture of all this, adoption is such a central theme of the gospel that we are adopted by God. We become family members. We're not just servants or, or even the hired help. We are part of the family business. Number 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit. And as your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So he is the one that takes the initiative. We so often think things are up to us. We need to go take some initiative and do some stuff for the kingdom. Well, really, he's the one taking the initiative. He says, I'm the one that chose you. And I've chosen you to produce fruit. And, and this fruit's going to remain. Now, he talked about fruit before. When we are talking about the him being the true vine, we being the branches, and the purpose of the pruning that the Father does is so that we produce fruit. And what was our role in all of that? To remain, to abide, to stay connected to Jesus. And so the command here, producing fruit, he didn't, and again, he doesn't tell us what the fruit is, What's the specific command where he does spell out and tell us what to do? Love one another. If we're loving one another, staying connected with Jesus, then we are going to produce fruit because we're doing what he's told us to do. Now you can step back and find a whole lot of things he's told us to do. He's told us to be lights to the world. He's told us to be his agents of mercy. He's told us to be his mouthpieces with the gospel. But the biggest thing he's hit again and again and again is to love one another. And then he says, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. He says this again. He said this several times about you will receive from the Father what you ask if you abide in me, if you remain in me, if you do what I told you to do, then you're going to receive what you ask for in prayer. Then he repeats in verse 17, this is what I command you, love one another. How many times has he said, you know, this is my command for you? I haven't been counting, but it's several times. Love one another. If there's one thing that he can, we can point to and say, this is what he told us to do. Here where he's laid it out, he's saying, I want you to remain in me, remain in my love. What's remaining in my love look like? It looks like obeying my commands. What are my commands? Love one another. And he's repeated it several times just in the passage you've gone through here, and he said it several times before. So we, we've got to pay attention to this and step back and ask, what's that really look like to love one another? Well, it's kind of like family here. You don't get to choose your family. Say so you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. You're given your family. And the challenge, your parents beat it into you, is you've got to love your family, regardless of how much they drive you crazy. Well, similar to our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't choose them. God chooses them. 
but puts us in the family relationship with them with the command, love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Sometimes it's hard to do because as sinful fallen people, uh, sometimes we act pretty fallen. But the proper response is love. Now, sometimes love means dealing in a a disciplined way, dealing in a, a stern way. But love means desiring the best for the person, desiring the best for the community, and praying for one another, caring for one another, carrying each other along, carrying one another's burdens. That's what love looks like. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.